What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, are Tad the Side and Tad. 200 episodes in the book. Like, I mean, if you caught our last episode, we have crossed the milestone, and it's exciting stuff, man. I really didn't think that we'd be going this long, and yeah, for us to still be going this strong too. We fucked up. <laughs> How in the world? How long have you known me now? Three years? Close to it, yeah. Amir, Amir, what is the thing I love more than doing anything else on this podcast? Ranting, that's for sure. Well, ranting, okay, well, that's besides <laughs> the fact, but it's mock drafts. How do we let our first mock draft of the season fall in episode 201 and not 200? Well, I think we because fucked this... up, man. We fucked up there. That was. Or that was you can look at it that's like this is kicking off the next hundred episodes in the way that okay. you want, right? All With right. the mock right. <laughs> two hundred one. Glass half full over here. My God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're coming to you. We are just a couple of days away from the NFL draft. Like oh, I mean, that God. is why we. Yeah, it is. I, here I only today. watched one player today. Like, God damn it. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, just in case you haven't listened to our last handful of episodes, I mean, we've been promoting it for a while now. Um, We're going to be doing the NFL draft. We're doing a live stream, which is coming to you on Thursday. Uh, First round, we're going to be doing Friday as well with rounds two and three. Uh, We're still figuring out logistics for day three. I think we're going to be doing rounds four and five. At least we promise this is like the last time we're going to say that. I know. It's like, man, they've they've figured out logistics for a while. It's like, we're, we are trying here people we're figuring out i think it's like we're working out with other guests obviously we're trying to work in you know ceo of the lefb network ryan dyer i think he may come on so i think it's just figuring out logistics with all that stuff which is sort of affecting like how much we're gonna go on on day three we're definitely not gonna do the full day like i mean dear lord we don't need to be on for that long on day three but i think we're doing at least four let's do this let's just stay on until the first kicker or punter is taken (laughs) the second that happens what if he's taking a round two what if he's taking a round two, though? Oh, well, then that's a dream. Let's work for us. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we're definitely going to do, be doing round four. I think we're in talks to do round five as well. And so, yeah, we're still figuring out that. But definitely we got you covered for days one and days two of the draft. So make sure you're checking out our social media handles because we'll be live streaming there. The LAFB Network social media handles will be live streaming there. And a few other channels as well. We'll be sharing all those details as soon as we have it for you. But... Before we get to the actual draft, Tad, I think you already brought it up. We'll be doing a mock draft in today's yeah. episode. Yeah, <laughs> both your mock draft as well as my mock draft, we're going to be doing both together. We're not going to be doing all 32 picks or, in this year's case, 31 picks with thanks to Damn Miami. Damn it, Miami. <laughs> uh, so we'll be doing 1 through 16 in today's episode. And then in our next episode, we'll be doing the rest of the picks from 17 to 31, 32, whichever way you want to count it that way. But we'll be doing the other half of the picks in the second episode. And as you're listening to today's episode or watching today's episode, in case you're sort of losing track as far as like, wait, he had Seattle taking who at number five and he had Detroit taking who at number six. It's like, you know, if you're not able to follow along, Don't worry, we got you covered. We're going to be releasing a mock draft graphic for both of our drafts at all of our social media handles that you can see there below on Twitter and on Instagram. So you can follow along there as soon as those graphics are released. So you got you covered there in case you're not able to track everything that we're doing. But we're going to do our best to sort of make it as clean as we can, go through our picks, reiterate some of our picks as we get to those 5 and 10 point marks. Um, But yeah, we're going to be going through all 1 through 16 uh, just like last year, Tad, we gave ourselves 
up to three trades in the first round. We didn't want to get too trade crazy. We also wanted to make sure to spice it up a little bit with some potential trades. So I think overall, like not teasing too much, I had two trades in the first round. So, I mean, they will both be discussed in today's episode. We will see the latter half in the second part of the episode for me. But just did you end up using all three trades or did you use less than that? In this episode, I have two. The okay. third will happen in uh, the next episode, which will be 17 through 31. Damn it, Miami. <laughs> but yeah, so right. I use all three of my trades. Okay. All right. So it should be some fun here. But we definitely got to start at the top. We got to start with number one, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Picking at number one after that trade with the Chicago Bears. Um, I think it's pretty obvious here. But, Tad, who's your pick here at number one for Carolina? All right, with the first overall selection in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select... Cue up terrible Tad joke. B.T. Potter, of kicker course. out of prison. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Like, I mean, it's just... an annual tradition. I got to keep it going. <laughs> Wait, B.T. Potter out of where? Like, I didn't even heard of this Clemson. guy before. Yeah, B.T. Potter. He's Clemson. the kicker out of Clemson. Okay. Come on, man. You haven't watched any kicker tape? I haven't got to the kicker tape yet. Man, you are behind. <laughs> I am. I am quite a bit behind. By the way, in case people were like, what was Tad looking at while you were talking earlier? That's what I was looking at was kicker ranking so I could there make these go. terrible jokes. Oh, man. It, it would have been the Maryland kicker, but I'm not confident in pronouncing his name. So I was like, all right, who's the first guy I can't pronounce? But anyway, oh, God, I'm literally making myself cry. Uh, wasn't that funny, dude. It's a great joke, dude. It's a great idiot, joke. It's We've been doing it for three years now. You need it's to relax. It is joke. not that great of a joke. Uh, it is it not worth shedding tears joke. over. Fuck you. Good God. Okay. <laughs> you could have said Jake Moody out of Michigan? That's an easy name to damn say. Damn it! You idiot! God damn it. I really damn it! God, has that comedic understand. effect with Moody, too? Uh, Shit! Oh. We should have discussed bail. this beforehand. Yeah, that was no, that was a miss. Damn it! Oh, well. All right. Moving on to the actual mock draft now. Um, this is really tough because I, I was like, I don't, I've, I've heard reports they're leading Stroud. I've heard reports they're leading Young. And then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to look into it. Who, like, where the insiders saying? Insiders are saying both. It's super annoying. It's like some insiders are like, no, 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 it's Stroud for sure. It's his stature. Like, they love his stature. That's getting him the nod. And then all of a sudden, fucking Schefter is coming out of nowhere being like, no, 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 it's Young. Like, Houston bringing in Young is just a lost cause. I'm like, I don't. I don't know. The insiders don't know. The only people that do know are the people inside Carolina's building. But ultimately, I think that they should and will take Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama, as the first overall pick. Yeah, no need to delay it any further. But just, yeah, I have the same exact pick here. Like, I, I like the entertainment value of them possibly taking C.J. Stroud, the bigger quarterback, you know, ready for the NFL. Um, There's a lot of rumors circulating that when they were at his pro day that there's, like, rumors. And stuff. I brought this up in a previous episode that Josh McCown's like, oh, yeah, when you come out to Carolina, we'll be able to find some places to hang out or whatever, all that stuff. So it's like maybe that's a speculation when they brought him in for an actual team visit, maybe speculation that they're actually looking to draft him. I have no idea. but. Yeah, definitely there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors there as far as whether they're going Stroud or Young. I think you look at Young, he's the more polished prospect. I think he's ready to go to lead that franchise, um, especially as they're looking for a quarterback to sort of lead that franchise. We talked about the aggressiveness that David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, sort of wants to display. He's not willing to wait around anymore. He kind of wants to go and get ready. And honestly, I don't blame him. We've talked about this before on the podcast. The NFC South 
is very much wide open this year. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. you look at Tom Brady retiring. We're going we're to get into that in a bit, by the yes, way. Yes, in the offseason. Like, I was a draft over. Offseason stuff is going to be all about what these teams look like now going forward. We're going to be bringing up fancy content as well. But just, yeah, you look at the NFC South, it's going to be very wide open. Anybody can win that division. So, yeah, you'll look at this team. They take Bryce Young. They made some great offseason moves, signing um, Adam Thielen. They signed Hayden Hurst. They signed Miles Sanders. So, it's like DJ they Shark. got some pieces there exactly dj chark so i mean they got some pieces there to support their young rookie quarterback and so yeah bryce young we talked about whether he could sort of hold up to that big nfl schedule and just the big hits but yeah you support him well they got a pretty good offensive line there i think they gotta be fine so yeah i, yeah, I like bryce young here number one he's just more pro ready than cj stroud right now and nothing not to knock cj stroud it's just like you said with all their recent signings and everything it feels like the panthers are willing to you know strike the iron while it's hot and mm-hmm. CJ Stroud's not that quarterback to do that right now. He needs a little bit of time to develop. Um, and that's why you go Bryce Young right here. So I, I'm here without further ado, at number two, the Houston Texans select. Ray, three, two, one, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, yeah. 100%. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about this one here. Like, I mean, I know. That, come on, that. man. That, I was trying to synchronize it. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, I, I know you sort of say that C.J. Stroud may not be as ready, but I think he's still going to be a day one starter regardless of which franchise he does end up landing with. Like, I mean, I'm hearing reports that, you know, in case Houston doesn't get Bryce Young, that maybe they don't even go quarterback at this position. They may look no, at bullshit. Will Anderson bullshit. out of Alabama no, and like we may not bullshit. see quarterbacks taking a two and three then. But I really think you just you look at that franchise. They need a fresh start as well. I think they need to start that with a franchise quarterback. And I think that's 100 percent C.J. Stroud. He'll lead that offense. And yeah, they'll be able to build around him for sure. Yeah, and I mean, CJ Stroud needs a little bit of time to develop, sure. But I mean, he is ready to start on day one. It's yes. just I think he'll be a little bit, you know, slower to be like, oh, okay, this kid's legit than Bryce Young. But he's not a bad quarterback by any no. stretch. Like these two are great, great quarterbacks. And if I'm Houston, I'm uh, God. That's what I say. But if I'm Houston, I'm happy because it's just like whatever the hell Carolina does is one. Uh, we're set. Because I'm happy with Stroud or Young. I'd be happier with Young, but with Stroud, sure. Yeah, I can run with him. We can succeed with him. Um, especially with San Francisco's uh, passing coordinator, now their offensive coordinator. What's his name again? Uh, Bobby Slowick. But, I mean, good Lord. You put any – I we just saw what that dude did with Brock Purdy. Imagine him with Stroud or Young. Like Seriously. Either one of these guys is going to be just fine, which is terrible. But for them, <laughs> it's great. But also, like, I mean, it's a very similar situation because we talked about this with um, Carolina and the NFC South. The AFC South is kind of wide open, too. Like, I mean, I think Jacksonville Mm -hmm. has sort of the leeway there as far as being a playoff team and they have a little bit more of a complete roster. But I mean... You can compete in that t- division right away, and it's just like, you know, I've always said this before, division games are always different, so that could play a factor going into this coming season. So you get a yep. guy who could lead your franchise at the quarterback position. I think that puts you in the step in the right direction. So, yeah, they're ready to compete. They get C.J. Stroud. They get their quarterback of the future there. Now let's move on to number three, which a lot right, of people right. say we're gonna, this we're is gonna the start synchronize of the draft. this one. We're, we're well, gonna no, no. A lot of people this. say this is the start of the draft because they say this is a pivot point. Like okay. Arizona could go a lot of different directions. They say they could trade out of here at number three, but I mean, I think they stay here and they pick. Okay, I think it's well, a pretty obvious three, call. two, one. Will, Will Anderson. Anderson Jr. Yeah, what is going on with this timing? <laughs> Your timing's terrible. I think that's what My it is. timing is yes. you. No way. You're the late one. Anyway, no, I don't but yes, so. Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. I mean, there's very little like uh, – no, sorry. 
let me repeat that. Very little to there not like. Very little not to like about his game. Like, yes, his size is a bit of a concern, but there is so much coachability there. And plus, Arizona has been the bottom half of every rushing uh, edge rushing stat that you can imagine for the last three or four years. Like, they have been dying for an edge rusher. That's why they gave like up so much. Bottom half's even generous too, Ted. Like, I feel I, it's probably dude, bottom it's, quarter. Oh, it's <laughs> like bottom right. ten. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It's it's being generous. I, I was being generous there. Um, <laughs> it's like that's why they gave up so much for Chandler Jones. And, and granted, that worked out, but they were like, we need somebody to finally start rushing the quarterback. And it's like they just need to get this monkey off their back. I'm just like, we need a guy that can consistently rush uh, the quarterback. He is the safest pick in this year's draft. And so I think getting him a number three, absolute win for them. They kind of have their star, you know, TBD on offense in Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray. Now they have their star on defense in Will Anderson. So that, that those two provide building blocks that can finally start this kind of semi quasi rebuild around. But yeah, Will Anderson is one of the safest edge rushers I've seen in the past couple of years. Yeah, and especially when you look at Arizona, where it's like they had Zach Allen, who was a promising defensive end. Ah, he ended up signing in Denver. Allen. That was a big loss. They also had Cam Thomas, who they recently drafted. Ah, Cam Thomas. A good piece. So it's like they still have Cam Thomas, but just like J.J. Watt was training both those guys. You lose ah, one of them. You definitely need to add on to this pass rush and their edge rush for sure. Like you said, it's just been very terrible the past handful of seasons. You add a guy like Will Anderson Jr., he's going to be able to get to the quarterback for sure early right from the get-go from his first game. So let's get to number four. Oh, this no, is going to get not, fun. Let's not, let's not do this. No, With the not. Indianapolis Colts, and I mean, there is obviously a lot of talk that they'll probably go quarterback at this position. Maybe they'll go in a different direction. I mean, Jalen Carter's still out there. Like, maybe they upgrade that defense. I could get a little bit of a added front, added power to that front seven there. Um, I mean, there's a couple of directions that they could go, but I feel like the pick here is quarterback. But I mean, Tad, I'm going to give you the honors of giving your pick here for your Indianapolis Colts first year at number four. Anthony Richardson. That's exactly what I have picked here, too. And God curious, damn it. I'm curious about your thoughts here as to why you have Anthony Richardson <laughs> over Will Levis here at number four. So, okay. So, my, my – well, first of all, I don't like either one of them. I don't think the Colts should go number four, but as I've, I've said this in years past, my mocks are always what the teams will do, not what they should do. If they, exactly. if we were going with the Colts should do Christian Gonzalez, uh, Pierre Skronsky, I don't know. Jalen Carter, like you said, like I, a thousand anything but quarterback, but mm, I'm going in a rant. I'm not going to do a rant. BT Potter out of Clemson. Like, I mean, you're number four. I bet it would be better than Richardson. <laughs> like, guys. Wow. Uh, wow. But anyway, um, no, I think they are going to go quarterback here. I think Richardson has more, uh, the higher ceiling than Will Levis does, which is why I think they give him the nod because Levis, and well, and also let's not ignore the fact that Levis, by all reports that I've been reading, um, he's been like bombing these interviews apparently. Like he is not doing well in these interviews. Teams are like, where the hell is this confidence coming? Like you're, you're kind of an asshole is all the reports coming out of these interviews. So I think Levis's stock is taking a bit of a dip. He's going to go in the top 10, but I think this is why Richardson gets nod over Levis is because he has that kind of, you know, the, the, that spark factor, the, the, the more exciting factor. He's a little bit more electrifying as a player. He's apparently been interviewing better. He tests better at the combine. So I just, I think there's a lot more promise there with Richardson than Levis. Um, so I think that's why the Colts go with him over 
Levis, but it's just they both suck. Who cares? <laughs> I agree with everything that you said. I think I also prefer including the um, fact that they both suck. Yes, because we talked about okay, that. Right, in record, right, just, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. <laughs> Not that they suck, but I think it's just at they this point. They don't suck. I'm being, I'm being brutal. Like yeah, one of them might work out, but it's just I, – I, there's a lot to, of work to be done with both of them. I think that's the biggest thing that we highlight is just that both these guys going as top ten picks, that's I think a little bit too – too much uh, value given to this position, right? So that's why they're going as top 10 picks. Whereas, you know, I think I like Richardson more than Levis specifically for Indianapolis because you have Shane Steichen came over from mm. Philadelphia who worked with Jalen Hurts, who was a dual threat type of Holy quarterback. Holy shit. Talk about a contract, by the way. My Lord. Yes, he got a pretty good. And that FBC was because of Steichen. Sure. That was because of Steichen. And so you look at Steichen and he's able to take Steichen. in Anthony Damn. Richardson. <laughs> And I think he could do something similar to what he did with Jalen Hurts in his offense in Philadelphia. So I think you see that ability that he has. And I'm not saying Will Levis is not a mobile quarterback, but just you see it more with Richardson. So you could use that right away as opposed to having to fully develop as a quarterback from day one. So it's like you work on the running skills. You put that into your offense. Can you imagine that with Jonathan Taylor? Like, I mean, that's already looking like a match made in heaven. Like, that's going to be a really good offensive situation there. You work on the quarterback skills. You work on the read and recognition skills that he needs to develop. And all of a sudden, he becomes more of that franchise quarterback that you're eyeing as a number four overall pick as opposed to sort of like where eh, I'm not sure where I see him as a number four pick right now. But I think he could develop well. So, yeah, that match between Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen I like a little bit more compared to Levis and Shane, Will Levis and Shane Steichen specifically there. So that's why I have Richardson here. So, Let's get to number so, five. So, well, real quick. So the Colts get to go in the season with Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson. Great. Great. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't need to be happy this fall anyway. So that's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> well, maybe the Cardinals are playing in the postseason. That can help big again. Don't, you know, they suck this year too. How dare you? <laughs> you son of a bitch. That'll have a better chance at the A's. I got to put it down. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I got that going for me at least. Exactly. All right. That's true. All right, let's get to number five here. We've got the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks to a trade for the Russell Wilson trade. They out owed the Denver Broncos first <laughs> round pick here. So they'll be picking at number five. So, I mean, for me, I think oh, they go man. defense at this pick here, Tab. But what do you think they do at number five here? So the reason I'm laughing is because a friend of mine who very casually follows football was like, Dad, who are the Broncos taking? I'm like, no one you know. Because he, yeah. he still thought they had a first round pick. But, yeah, no. Right. Sorry. Um, I, I feel like this is probably the same pick you have, but it, it feels like this is – every year in the draft, there's one pick where the player and team kind of marriage, everybody agrees on. I feel like this is the pick. It's Tyree Wilson to Seattle of five. I don't have Tyree Wilson oh, here. Oh, okay. I, I feel, well, I just feel like this is a match made in heaven because they need rush help. Like they finished they in the uh, – I'm not even going to be generous here. They're not even bottom half. They finished in the bottom seven of – Every rushing statistic. Do you know how many times they rushed, They uh, had a QB pressure this year, the Seattle Seahawks? It was few and far between. I know that's for sure. 36. Yeah. Over the good. entire year. <laughs> it's not good at all. <laughs> like, you really need to do better than that. So, I, I've, it's just, they need an edge rusher. If it's Jalen Carter, who my guess is that's who you have. But, uh, and by the way, this is not an act. I actually do not know who his picks are. And I don't but know who that's either. Yeah. If it's Jalen Carter, or Tyree Wilson, um, it's going to be one of those guys. Cause they need that pat pass rush help. Honestly, I think at this point that Tyree Wilson is just such a physical athlete and such a physical phenomenon that there's so much to build on. That's why he gets the nod over Jalen Carter. So I think they're going to go Tyree Wilson. 
And I wouldn't fault the uh, Seattle Seahawks like as much as I hate to say that as a Niners fan, but I wouldn't fault them if they do go Tyree Wilson at number five. But I guess for me, when I look at their defensive front, I think you can get good edge rush later in the draft too, because they do have another pick here in the first round. They're picking again at number 20, right? So I think they get good pass rush there. Whereas you lose a guy like Jalen Carter here at number five, when he's still available to you, that's like one of those prospects that's like, it's hard to pass him up. So I think they beef up the interior of their defensive line. They take Jalen Carter here. He's going to be a havoc there as a run stopper, as a pass rusher too. Like, I mean, he's just going to be a really critical piece to help improve their defense on the front seven. They already have a pretty good secondary, especially with Jamal Adams coming back, being healthy, hopefully in 2023. So, I mean, yeah, you get a guy like Jalen Carter automatically upgrades your defense on all three levels now, not just at the back end or a little bit the middle. Because, I mean, Jordan Brooks has looked all right. I mean, we still question whether he was a first-round pick or not, but he's actually flourished in the role a little bit better here. They also re-signed Bobby Wagner, obviously, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like they're going to be a little bit better on defense. Now you upgrade the front with Jalen Carter. Man, they're going to be very, very tough to score on at the next level. And that worries me as a Niners fan if they take Jalen Carter for sure. See, and, and, and here's the thing. I don't blame you for mocking Carter here. But the problem is I think this is where the character concerns come in. Because Tyree Wilson is good enough where it's like do we risk it with the character concerns or do we go with what we know? And so I think like if we're still in the top five, that's where everything with the arrest and everything is still kind of playing a factor. I think that will lessen as we go through our mock draft, as you will see. But I think this early on, that's still a factor, and that's why Wilson gets the nod. But that also would not you know, shock me if they went with Carter right here. That's fair. That's fair. So, Tad, give us a quick recap of your top five. All right, so my top five. Number one, the Panthers are selecting Bryce Young. Number two, the Texans are taking C.J. Stroud. Number three, the Cardinals are taking Will Anderson. Number four, the Colts are taking Anthony Richardson. And number five, the Seahawks are taking Tyree Wilson. And then for me, I have pretty much the same thing. So I have the Panthers taking Bryce Young. I have the Houston Texans taking uh, Will uh, C.J. Stroud. And number three, I got the Arizona Cardinals taking Will Anderson. Number four, Indianapolis Colts taking Anthony Richardson as well. But number five, that's where we differ. I got them taking Jalen Carter instead of Tyree Wilson there to the Seattle Seahawks. So let's get to the next five picks here, Tad. Let's get to number six of the Detroit Lions, who thinks to a trade with the Los Angeles Rams because of the Matt Stafford trade. They're not picking at number six, and they will be picking later on number 18. But obviously 18 will be covering in our later episode we're only doing one through 16 in today's episode so at number six tad who do you got them taking here at the number six spot all right at number six the detroit lions like whoa 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 hold on okay i'm getting some news you ready for this yeah your terrible right. breaking news coverage yeah let's the, hear it. the the uh <laughs> apparently apparently we have a trade here okay the detroit lions have traded Man, this would have been so much more effective if your screen didn't freeze right here. But clearly, it seems like Tad has a trade here at number six. So, I mean, that's the direction that we're going to go in. Uh, I'm curious to see who's going to be trading up to number six as far as who's going to be taking this position here. Um, Look at yeah, go for it. I was stalling because your screen froze. So just- yeah, no, we both froze. So was I. This will be very interesting post-production. But uh, so uh, did you hear my selection? No, not at all. I was okay. speculating. I was trying to speculate, but I wasn't. All sure right. Where well, you're going, so, so I'm sure. Who did you speculate? 
I didn't even get to that point. You finally came back. So. Okay, there we go. So, with the number six overall selection, this is seamless. The Tennessee Titans select. Okay, the Tennessee Titans moved up to this spot. Okay, yeah, the Tennessee Titans. Okay, so that's where we cut out. Yes, the Tennessee Titans. You and your Titans. stupid bit, like, I didn't even get to the part where you actually had the team that <laughs> traded up. All right, so. Yeah, so the Tennessee Titans trade okay. from 11 to 6 okay, to select Will Levis, the quarterback okay, out of Kentucky. <laughs> makes a lot more sense then, okay. Who did you guess? Just like well, like I said, I didn't even know which team was trading up, so I was like, I was trying to speculate. I was like, maybe somebody wants, in your case, like Jalen Carter because he's available there. So maybe mm-hmm. a team like you no, know we'll get Philadelphia trades up a handful of picks so that they could get Jalen Carter Ooh, or something like that. Bad. But just like yes, the fact that you're stating Tennessee, it seems pretty obvious. They want to get an upgrade. They're not too happy with Malik Willis as far as his development. So yeah, you get a guy like Will Levis that makes a ton of sense for sure. Yeah, exactly. And they seem to be going to rebuilding mode anyway with the dumping of contracts and the trade talks going on with uh, Derek Henry. Apparently, I don't think they're going to trade him, but I think that that is a relationship that is definitely the end is near um, with that relationship within a year or two. So go for a guy right now like Levis, where he has a lot of problems. I do like Levis and this. If I'm Levis, I'm thrilled. This happens because I get to sit a year behind Tannehill. I get to learn, and then I get to come in. So I think this is a best-case scenario for both parties. I think that Tennessee trades in. So, unfortunately, Houston wins, Tennessee wins, Indianapolis <laughs> fucking loses. But I I do honestly think Tennessee, if Levis does start taking a tumble to number six, and Detroit, I think, is a prime trade-out candidate. I don't know with who, but that is my pick for first draft trade of the night. Interesting. Yeah, I could very much see that happening, but I think in my case, I'm going to have them staying here at number six because they have a really good edge rusher still on the board for me, and that's Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. You pair him up with Aiden Hutchinson, they got fearsome edge rushers coming in on both sides now. They made some great movings to upgrade their secondary with Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, they obviously traded away um, Jeff Akuda, so I mean, they're definitely going to probably upgrade the position a little bit later with that number 18 pick possibly, but just like, yeah, you get a really solid edge rusher with Tyree Wilson. You pair him up with Aiden Hutchinson. I think they're going to be good to feast on opposing quarterbacks in that NFC North division now for sure. But yeah, really upgrade that defense with Tyree Wilson there. So I think they stay not, at number six, but I very much that. agree that they could be one of those teams. That's like, you know what? I think we could probably fill up, get some more draft capital. Maybe the trade out exactly like you said, we'll love is tumbling a little bit there. Maybe some teams like, all right, I think this is our chance to jump ahead and take especially ahead of the Raiders and Falcons. Exactly. That's why I think the Titans are going to look and be like, this is our shot. Let's go. Exactly. That makes a ton of sense. So speaking of the Raiders, let's get to them here in number seven. So who do you like for the Raiders to select in number seven? Well, I mean, with all quarterbacks off the board, you just got, all right, fine. We're sticking with Garoppolo. Let's go with Garoppolo. And what's the one thing you of all people know, Amir? Garoppolo is fragile as shit. So <laughs> I think, yeah. So I think the Raiders will draft Peter Skronsky, the offensive tackle at Northwestern. He'll fill out the right tackle spot opposite Colton Miller. All of a sudden, you have a pretty good, you know, pillars on the ends of your offensive line there. Skronsky, I love this guy. I, I said this a couple of episodes ago. I am no longer buying into this talk of, well, his short arms maybe kicks out into guard. No, fuck that. This dude is a top tier tackle in the NFL. I'm a big believer in this guy. He is maybe my third favorite player in this draft. Like I'm a big believer in Skronsky. So I think the Raiders should be very, very happy with this pick right here. That is a pretty good pick. And I mean, we brought this up on the podcast so many times that I think during the free agency period, we're like, they're probably going to go veteran quarterback. And with that first pick at number seven, they're going to protect him with that first, uh, with that number seven overall pick. So 100% that falls into a very good strategy that I think the Raiders are going to go to. 
I think they'll go in a different direction, though. At okay. number seven, I think they're going to go at the defensive route, and I think they're going to upgrade their secondary. They're going to draft Christian Gonzalez out of the University of Oregon. Oh, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Who's the first corner off the board? Okay, so I still like Devin Witherspoon as my number one quarter, but we've talked about this before, that I think different teams have different flavors as far as what they like fair, as far fair. as building out their position. So I think he's, he's faster, so that would fit for the Raiders. Exactly. You got to look at it that way, one thing, but two. But I think the bigger thing is this. I think they like the overall polished skill set that Christian Gonzalez brings compared to Devin Witherspoon, where he maybe had to develop a little bit. Maybe they're worried that he's going to be a little bit too aggressive at times and bring a lot of penalties. Raiders are notorious for bringing a lot of penalties there for sure. So I think they get a guy like Christian Gonzalez, who they think is a little bit of a safer pick compared to Devin Witherspoon. But yeah, 100% in my book, Devin Witherspoon is still my number one. But I think in this case, Raiders just prefer to go with a little bit, like I said, quote unquote, safer pick with Christian Gonzalez. So I think they go upgrade the secondary there, get Christian Gonzalez. Hopefully, you know, they'll find a tackle or an offensive lineman a little bit later in the draft and they'll protect Jimmy Garoppolo that way. Or yeah, sort of deal with it the way they want to, because honestly, the Raiders are I really could care less about the Raiders, but you know, that's just me (laughs) moving on. Exactly. Let's get on to the uh, number eight overall pick here. That's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Where do you think they go here? I mean, I'm glad you said, you know, everything you did about Christian Gonzalez was more polished, more ready to go right now, because that's why I have the Atlanta Falcons taking him with the eighth overall pick is Christian Gonzalez, the corner of Oregon, because with the signing of Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, Jesse Bates trading for John o. Smith, we were talking about it in the slack uh, with LAFB is clearly the Falcons, as we were talking about earlier with the Panthers, they understand like the iron is hot here with the NFC South. Even if we're not the best team, we can win this division. So they are going win now mode. So I think they are going to draft a player that will help them right now. And corner is a big need for Atlanta. And Christian Gonzalez is a corner ready to play in the NFL right now. So I think that is why they uh, give him the nod over Witherspoon right here. I think that it's a match made in heaven. No, I think it's a solid play. I think they definitely go defense at this position. I was debating corner at this position as well, but I think with this guy still on the board in my particular scenario here, I think they go with this pick, and that's Miles Murphy, the defensive end out of Clemson. Ooh, I think they continue okay. to bolster the front seven. I think, like you said, they made some great signings with Calais Campbell and um, uh, Jesse Bates at the back end. So I think Ooh, they just continue Mile, to Miles their- Murphy learning behind uh, uh, Calais Campbell. Woo! Calais Campbell, you also got Grady Jarrett there at the middle there. So, I mean, you look at Miles Murphy. He can sort of rotate on the defensive line there. They can sort of use him how they want there. And so, yeah, he's got a lot of great veteran mentors to learn from. And just, yeah, Atlanta's defense has surprisingly gotten very strong during this offseason, especially with this pick, whether it's Miles Murphy or Christian Gonzalez. I think their defense has just gotten a lot better. They'll be a lot more competitive. Exactly like I said, NFC South is wide open. Strike while the iron is hot. Increase where your uh, sort of stronger unit is. And so far, it's been all defense for Atlanta, and I think they'll be very competitive heading into 2023. Uh, Let's get to number nine here. So the Chicago Bears traded down, obviously, from that number one overall pick. So they'll be selecting here at number nine overall. Well, at least on my draft. I don't know if the, they got another trade here happening or yep, not. Nope. Chicago, Chicago still, still got tra- Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we still got both uh, Chicago here at number nine. So where do you think they go here? Well, I mean, this is best case scenario for Chicago because even if they stayed put, this is probably the guy they were going to take. Jalen Carter finally goes off the board at number nine in my mock draft. Yeah. And if That's I'm Chicago, bad. oh my god, like this is draft day level shit. I was just like, <laughs> oh my god, like this guy had like a personality thing or like the the. And I'm not demeaning it, but like that that whole arrest thing like causes stock to tank if he falls number nine chicago is popping the champagne like we were during our 200th episode 
I say we, but anyway, is us, yes. yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is best case scenario for Chicago because I, I truly mean that is if they had say put number one, I would have been all for them taking Jalen Carter at one. So the fact that you get first round pick next year and the guy that you were originally going to get, oh, I mean, this is best case scenario. So Jalen Carter is the perfect. Uh, you know, kind of defensive tackle to fit in Matt Eberflus's system. There's a reason Eberflus, and not say he made the move, but there's a reason that DeForest Buckner was traded from San Francisco to Indianapolis because you need that kind of athletic defensive tackle that can do everything. You don't you don't need just the run gap. You need a athletic tackle that can get out to the quarterback, and that's exactly what Jalen Carter can do. This is a perfect fit for Chicago, and if he is there, I I, I don't see him falling past nine. There's just no way. Yeah, I think the way it actually plays out, if Jalen Carter's there at nine, like that's a slam dunk home run pick for sure. I think you run up that card as fast as you can to select Jalen Carter at number nine there. But yeah, my situation, I have Jalen Carter already going at number yep, five to Seattle. Five. Yep. So here at number nine, I think they protect Justin Fields. They upgrade that offensive line. So in this case, Skaronsky. I have Peter Skaronsky here going to number nine. They, you, they could use him at the tackle Home, position. Hometown kid. Just, hometown exactly, kid. Exactly. So you could keep him at the tackle position. If you want to move it inside, they can use him inside help as well. They can use upgrades all over that offensive line. So yeah, wherever you want to place Skaronsky so you can get the best five on your offensive line starting week in and week out for the Chicago Bears. Peter Skaronsky can sort of fill that role for you as a day one starter wherever you decide to put him. Protect Justin Fields. They got some good offensive weapons. They're going to be a lot better on offense heading into 2023. So, yeah, I got them protecting Justin Fields here with Peter Skaronsky at number nine. So, let's close out the number 10 here, Ted. The number 10, top 10 picks, I should say specifically, with the number 10 pick here. So, you, we got the Philadelphia Eagles thanks to a trade with the New Orleans Saints. They are now picking here at number 10. So, who do you got here closing out the top 10 picks here with the Philadelphia Eagles? That's oh, just not fair. This kid's like his personality fits Philly too. Like he's, he's going to love it here, but I have them taking Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback nice. out of Illinois there. Like his personality fits so well there. He's, he's talkative. He's, he's kind of, he's aggressive. He's perfect for Philadelphia. And not to mention, by the way, James Bradbury will be 30 by the time the next season starts. He turns 30 in August. Uh, Darius Slay is 32. So like, while yes, they do have some corner depth. They need a little bit of youth over there. So, and I think they should go edge rusher here. The problem is, and listen back to our previous episodes, I'm not that sold on Luke Van Ness here. I'm more sold on Witherspoon. So I think that's why they prioritize him. So yeah, add some youth there. Let him develop behind those two guys for a year or so. And then you're good to go. And it's just the physicality, his type of play just fits Philadelphia's uh, defensive scheme so well. Like, it's just not fair. It's not, not fair. How does how does someone that was like what ten points away from winning the Super Bowl less yeah. than that? I think like exactly. they have the tenth pick. That's not fair. Yeah, it's crazy to think that. And yeah, Philadelphia to take Witherspoon there at number ten is an excellent pick. I think I'd go in that direction too. But here's my first trade of the first round. Oh, so I actually have okay. I Wait, have, have Billy trading back. Wow. More of I have a team trading up, and you see the okay. tumble by Will Levis, and so I see the Minnesota mm. Vikings mm. jumping up 13 spots with the Philadelphia Eagles to nab Will Levis at that number 10 spot. You look at Philadelphia's roster, Brea talked about this, even though they lost some key free agents during the uh, free agency period because they were just represented in the Super Bowl for the NFC, they lost some key free agents, but they still have a pretty complete roster on both sides of the ball. I think they look at that number 10 overall pick, they're like, okay, I think we can make a pick here. 
here. But yeah, if Minnesota wants to give us a haul for that number 10 pick, then okay, we'll trade back. We could fill up our roster through other picks in the draft. We still have one more pick in the first round. We could pick sort of close to each other now. Maybe we could make some moves a little bit later if depending on how the draft board falls out. So they trade out number 10. Minnesota gets their successor for Kirk Cousins. He is playing his final year in Minnesota this year. They haven't discussed any sort of cons uh, contract extension. So I think they decide that, okay, Maybe we go with Will Levis. He um, formerly played with Liam Cohen, his offensive coordinator at Kentucky, who was a uh, quarterback's coach under Kevin O'Connell. So you share very similar offensive philosophies. So I think Will Levis's transition to the NFL will be a little bit easier compared to some of these older quarterbacks where he goes to Minnesota. So I think they make that jump here. They get their quarterback of the future and Will Levis, and he'll have an easier time transitioning and hopefully can develop in that first year while he's watching Kirk Cousins and learning Kevin O'Connell's system. So that's where I have my first trade here. So if I'm Will Levis, I love this because you're yeah. for all the reasons you laid out, this is best case scenario. Um, here's the thing. Cause I, I almost considered, I considered a couple teams trading up to number six for Will Levis in my mock draft and Minnesota is one of them, but it doesn't make sense to me. Why would Minnesota introduce this shit show? Why would O'Connell want to put up with all these questions, you know, throughout the year of like, Oh, when is Levis coming in? When is Le Levis coming in? When is Levis coming in? when next year's quarterback class is so deep, like you said, I, cause I'm right there with you. I think this is Kirk cousins last year in Minnesota. I, I think that's pretty widely, you know, agreed upon, but I just don't see why Minnesota would introduce the extra headache, let alone trade up to introduce that extra headache. If it was for a quarterback, like let's say, I don't know, CJ shroud all of a sudden started taking this tumble hundred percent. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I don't care about the headache. I'll, I'll trade up for him. But with Will Levis, where there's still a lot of question marks, I'm just not quite sure it's worth it. I think it's better for Minnesota just to you know, stay put and wait until next year and then make your move next year when you can get a quarterback that may actually be worth it. That makes a ton of sense, but I think the way that Minnesota will be playing, I don't think they'll be picking high enough, so they will have to make a monumental leap a again. Trade. So I yeah, think they, they make they the will have to make a trade at some point. So I think, especially if you want some of the quarterbacks next year, which we'll get to in another podcast episode here once the draft is over, as far as looking at the future prospects. But just we, like when you we haven't even watched everybody this year, like I know, just, seriously. We'll, we'll <laughs> so if you're looking at the quarterback prospects next year, I think you definitely need to jump up into that one or two spot, which is I think is a little bit of a higher cost. So that's why I think they take the lesser of the two evils and they make the jump here to get Will Levis, who they think they could transition a little bit easier. And then yeah, unfortunately, puts a target on Carrick Cousins' back. He pretty much understands that this is a final year. Minnesota he's going to be playing elsewhere next year I'm sorry in 2024 specifically but I think that might possibly put a fire under him too that's just like all right I'm going to play my ass right. off no, and I'm going to take Minnesota as far as I can earn, and I'm going to earn, earn that money earn that else. money yeah exactly I could very much see that happening you know so I think they make that move up there they jump 13 spots with Philadelphia to get Willis at number 10 so Tad let's really quickly recap the next six the next five picks here that we had from six through ten well real quick all right so let's let's go through our entire top ten Okay, go so one through ten. Go. We'll go one through ten. Panthers, quick, yeah. Bryce Young, Texans, CJ Stroud, Cardinals, Will Anderson, Colts, Anthony Richardson, uh, Seahawks, Tyree Wilson, Titans, trading with the Lions. Keep that in mind coming up. Uh, Will Levis, Raiders, Peter Skaronsky, Falcons, Christian Gonzalez, Bears, Jalen Carter, Eagles, Devin Witherspoon. 
not bad. So for me, I got Bryce Young to the Panthers at one, CJ Stroud to the Texans at two, Will Anderson to the Cardinals at three, Anthony Richardson to the Colts at four. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Jalen Carter to the Seattle Seahawks at five, Tyree Wilson to the Detroit Lions at six, Christian Gonzalez to the Las Vegas Raiders at seven, Miles Murphy to the Atlanta Falcons at number eight, Peter Scaronzi to the Chicago Bears at number nine, and then I got a trade with the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. Minnesota will take Will Levis at the number 10 spot there. So that is the sort of trade, that first trade that I have in my first round. So Tad, let's close that with the final six picks of today's episode. Right, let's let's get it. to number 11 here. So originally for me, it's Tennessee, but you have a trade here. So it's a different team now. This is the Detroit right. Lions for you, correct? Exactly. So I think Detroit stays put here. I think they take Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Ooh, he is the best. It's a little early for him, but I, I think it's just more of like positional need over values, you know, where you're taking him. Like, hey, look, we don't really have the, a lot of needs elsewhere, which is very weird to say for the Lions, by the way, but it's true. And I think their biggest need is tight end. So they take the best tight end on the board. So they go Michael Mayer. They understand, hey, look, our offense was our strength last year. That is where we won most of our games. So where, you know, do we need to keep our strength up there? And it's tight end. They trade TJ Hawkinson, not saying it's a bad trade, but now they need to fix it. I think Michael Mayer, it's a perfect position here. So I, and again, that's why I think number six is a prime trade up position for any team that does want to, because if I was the Lions, I'm going, I'm walking out of this draft from Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid, and that's all I care about. So at six, that's way too early for either one of them. So you take advantage of a team wanting to move up. You go to something like 11 or in that range, in the teens range, and then you're good to go. You got draft capital. You got the guy you always wanted. Yeah, I think that's an excellent move by the Detroit Lions to sort of trade back, still get Michael Mayer, upgrade their tight end position, get a guy who can both block as well as pass catch as well, which is something that's needed in their offense to block for both David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift, and obviously run out on passes too to support Marvin Jones, who made a return there, and obviously mm -hmm. they got Amon Ross St. Brown. So, I mean, yeah, great addition there by the Detroit Lions. Jameson Williams, don't forget Jameson. Of course, Jameson Williams as well. So, yeah, great addition there by the Detroit Lions if that ends up happening. Like I said, I still have the Tennessee Titans here on the clock at number 11. I think they upgrade their offensive line as part of their rebuild, whether they decide to keep Derrick Henry, whether they trade him, whatever. They still need to protect for that raw, uh, for that running back as well as for the quarterback, whether that's Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, or insert third quarterback here sort of thing. I think they upgrade the offensive line. They go Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. You know, he's one of those guys that's argued as far as being the best uh, tackle in this class. Maybe he's switching around with Pierce Garanti here, but I think either way, you get a plug-and-play sort of tackle there with Paris Johnson, upgrade that offensive line as they sort of look to do a rebuild there. So let's move on here to number 12 spot here. So I think we both had the Houston Texans here, thanks to yep. a trade. Well, well, not a trade, but just the uh, – well, actually, it was a trade. The no, trade it was a trade. Watson, trade. Yeah. The trade, the Deshaun Watson trade to the Cleveland Browns so obviously allowed them to have the number 12 overall pick selection here. So who do you got them taking here at number 12? Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. First receiver off the board here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hence why I, I did no build up. Like it's just it's who who is the top receiver in this year's draft? It seems to be Najikba. They needed you know receiver very badly. You need support Bryce Young or no CJ Stroud, excuse me. CJ Stroud, yes. CJ Stroud, <laughs> CJ Stroud. You need to uh, support CJ Stroud or Young, whoever the hell it is. You need to support him. You cannot go into this season with Nico Collins as your number two receiver. 
Yeah, 100%. I think I, I brought this up on a podcast episode before that if they take C.J. Stroud, the best thing that they could do is support him with the player that he's familiar with from the Ohio State offense. Mm, you pair the two Buckeyes point. together, I think that can automatically jumpstart your offense a little bit more. And I brought this up before, but Jackson Smith and, Jig- and Jigba is this little bit more of a polished, ready-to-go type of receiver compared to a Quentin Johnson, who I think needs a little bit more development besides just running the nine route and being a speed guy. So it's like I think you take – Jackson Smith and Jigba to be that overall receiver that you want to be your number one option in that offense. Pair him up with CJ Stroud in both of our mock draft scenarios here. Great match made in heaven for the Houston Texans. I think they're ready to go on offense then with both of those guys leading their charge there for sure. So let's jump to as of right now, still as of recording. I I, I have a little bit to say about this one. As of recording, the New York Jets are still on the clock here at number 13. But yeah, I really have no idea what's happening with Aaron Rodgers and what the draft compensation is going to be. So yeah, by the time this episode drops, I mean, maybe there'll be a trade and they will be picky here. But as of right now, as of recording, the Jets are on the clock here at number 13. Tad, which direction do you think they go? Okay. So this is why this. this, this, Yeah, exactly. This is why this one was tough because we we talked about this, I believe, on last week's episode, where I I I truly think this is gonna be like an NBA uh, draft trade where the player is going to be selected by the Jets, but he will eventually be a Packer. So that was my thing. But the Jets also need to be smart about this and select a player that even if the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers pulls an Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and he's an asshole, which is a very safe bet to make at this point, and like this whole thing falls through, you're stuck with this player. So it needs to be a player that both benefits Green Bay and both benefits New York, just in case New York has to hold on to this guy. Because I truly sure. believe – because I don't – here's why I think. I don't think the trade is going to happen before the draft. But I think this player is going to be in Green Bay by August. So I think it's going to be like a summertime trade. Very possible. Yep, yep. So what is a position where both teams need help in? Offensive line. Well, that's also true, but not well. well <laughs> totally well, derailed. No, hold on, well, hold on. No, no, no. It, 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 well, you derailed my pick, but <laughs> I will say because I, I did know because I did consider this because Green Bay does need help in offense tackle, but they New do. York doesn't. That's where this like whole wrench could too, but yeah, that, that that's fair. No, less of a need, no, less no, of a need compared to Green Bay, I think. Right, exactly. So if I'm New York, yes, I could use offensive help, and Osiris Torrance is a little promising here, but not. It's a little too early for him. There's one player that's been slipping that I think shows a lot of promise that both teams could use, Luke Van Ness. Oh, that'd be a great pick here. That'd be great. Exactly, pick. because think about it, either New York uses him, Robert Sala knows how to use a good edge rusher, or Green Bay, God knows they could use some edge rusher help. So it, it works out for both teams. New York needs to hold on to him. Fine. Okay, we'll take an extra edge rusher. We say it all the time on the podcast. You can never have too many of those. And if you need to train Green Bay, great. It's not like you're losing a huge, you know, area of you know need for the Jets. Like they could use more help there, but they're not in dire need of one. So I think Luke Van Ness is a slipping kind of athlete here. Perfect fit for New York or perfect fit for Green Bay, whoever ends up getting this pick. No, it's a great pick. I really like it for both teams there, but I still, like I said, I'm sticking with the offensive line here because, yeah, even though the Jets don't have a dire need for it, I think they definitely could use some upgrade, especially if the Aaron Rodgers trade does go through. They need to protect him for sure because there's some uh, question marks surrounding Mekhi Becton, whether he's still going to stay at tackle, whether he's going to play. I mean, 
There's all those issues there. Elijah Vera Tucker was unfortunately hurt, but I mean, he could play tackle well, guard. or guard. They could shift him in. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things they could do there, but I think they could upgrade that other tackle position. So I actually got them selecting Darnell Wright, the tackle out of the University of Tennessee. So oh, I like I him been. just I, watching some tape over him compared to a Broderick Jones or a Daywan Jones. I like him a little bit more. So I think they take that pick here. If they do end up using this trade and they try using this pick, excuse me, and they trade him to Green Bay, they've had issues on their offensive line. David Bakhtiari has not been able to stay healthy. They definitely could use an upgrade there, something a little bit more dependable. I think that's the best word there. So I think you get a guy like Darnell Wright. He could be a starter from day one for Green Bay or for the New York Jets there. So I think, like I said, they cover their bases in case they need to hang on to Darnell Wright. But then also if they trade him, Green Bay could definitely benefit from his services as well. So I got them taking Darnell Wright, the tackle position. Right, right's too much potential at this point in the first round for me, but you know, I just I don't know. For me, like New York, it's just you have so many other not so many, but you have bigger areas of concern than offensive line. Don't worry about offensive line right now. For me, that's okay. just my thought okay. process. To each their own. That's why you have your mock draft and I have mine. Uh, so let's better. get to number 14 here, Tad. So this is the New England Patriots slide number 14. So where do you think they go at number 14? This is my first big shock uh, pick of the draft, right? I may have a shock for you too, but let's hear yours first. Oh, shit. God damn it. You always have to one-up me. Sorry. I'm sorry. We'll see. Maybe yours is bigger, but yeah, let's get to it. Dude, how great would that be if this is uh, the same pick? Oh, my God. That would be pretty hilarious. At number 14, the New England Patriots select B. John Robinson, the running back out of Texas. Interesting. Interesting. That, that, I've, that heard, re- I've heard some re- rumors re- around this pick possibly happening, especially with them letting Damian Harris sign elsewhere. I think he's in Buffalo now, if I remember correctly. Uh, but just like, yeah, you pair him up with uh, Ramondre Stevenson or not even pair him up, like make him your workhorse running but back. The, like, just but that's the thing. That's the thing is like it's it's because Ramondre Stevenson, I really do believe this is nothing against him. I really do believe he is capable of being a true number one starter. But apparently Bill Belichick does not agree with me on that one. So I think that Belichick is like, all right, look, for better or for worse, this whole Zappy Jones situation, we're going to see what the hell happens here. (laughs) But we don't have our next quarterback in this year's draft, so we're going to do everything we can to surround them. The same Juju Smith-Schuster shows that, okay, we are still investing this offense. I've seen an offensive tackle uh, mock to them a lot. I'm sorry in advance if you have uh, a tackle going here. But – I don't understand that, to be honest. I know Riley Reef is kind of old. I know you need to find a successor for him, but I don't understand. Like, that's not a pressing enough need to spend a first-round pick on him. So I think that they – and B. John Robinson, from everything I've been reading, is like the more people watch him, the more scouts are falling in love with him and are, and are convinced that he is the next coming of, like, Zeke Elliott. Um, I'm not quite there on him. I think he's a good <laughs> running back. Uh, but again, my mocks are what teams will do, not what they should do. So I think that New England kind of sees the running back of the future in this guy. And he's sitting right there. And it's kind of the Mac Jones situation where this is the guy we wanted. He feels the need. And we did not have to move at all to get him. So I think Bijan Robinson, number 14, easy. No, it's a pretty solid pick. I think I like it. It's a good fit there. I think it brings a sort of um, – it bolsters their offense a little bit. A like balance, with the, question balance the offense. Exactly. You sort of got the question marks at the quarterback position, whether they want to commit to Mac Jones, whether they want to go with Bailey Zappi. It's going to be Zappi. Like, so, yeah, you get a guy who's a workhorse running back at Bijan Robinson. You pair him up with Rod Stevenson. I think you're set on offense to work out your issues at quarterback, whatever it is. Now, let's get to my pick. And I actually have my trade. second trade here. 
So I have the New England Patriots. Whoa, wait, the Patriots trading during a draft? No, that's, the, yeah, that's I know. never I happened. Know. That's one of my notes here. You know, the New England <laughs> is notorious for trading back to get more draft capital. So I think they make that trade here. So I have the Jacksonville Jaguars jumping up oh, 10 spots the New England Patriots to get this pick because there's a player don't sliding. You, don't you do it. Don't you do it. It's the number one quarterback on my board here. That's Devin Witherspoon is available. And I think they need to make an upgrade at the secondary position. Uh, They have Tyson Campbell, who's flourished really for them on one side. But I think you pair him up with Devin Witherspoon. Now you've got a very fearsome, aggressive corner tandem there in Jacksonville. You already are pretty close. You're knocking on the door based on their playoff appearance and their very good upset win over the Los Angeles Chargers in the first round last year. So it's like you're right there. You have a veteran coach. Doug Peterson, this offense is going to be taking that step forward too with Trevor Lawrence coming into his own. Travis Etienne, we saw it with uh, D, uh, DJ, uh, not DJ. Well, DJ Chark was there, but Christian Kirk. Calvin Ridley is going to be coming back. Like, this offense is going to be oh, good. Now you, upgrade, now you upgrade this defense and you trade up for Devin Witherspoon. He's going to bring some aggressiveness. He's going to be able to come into the box and tackle those runners. Jonathan Taylor, Derek Pierce, Derek Henry, if he's still there in Tennessee, Jonathan like, Taylor. he's going to be able to stop all these guys. So they make that trade because surprisingly, we've talked about this in a previous episode, Jacksonville's roster is actually pretty well built based on so much they spent in the offseason and lots of their high-level picks that now they're picking at the bottom end. I think they get a little aggressive and they shore up one of their holes that could be a pressing need for them with Devin Witherspoon. They're now locked down at both corner positions. They're set on the front seven. They got some great linebackers. They got the great offense. They're going to be a contender heading into 2023 with this move here. New England's willing to trade down. They're willing to get the draft capital there. So I got Devin Witherspoon going at number 14 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know you're not happy with it, but I don't care. (laughs) Why do you hate me? (laughs) You only hate me because it's logical. It's... (laughs) It's a great pick. That's the worst part. It's such a good pick. Uh, <laughs> oh god damn it now i will say i'm a little happy because where i thought you were going with that i thought they were trading up for qj there oh um, so that's no, why i was so I think they're pretty set on offense i don't think they make a trade up for a receiver yeah. but like but i said with Devin still fighting, or possibly receiver. or possibly joey porter but oh, like i said so i like Devin. i like Devin witherspoon a little bit better so i think i got him paired up with Dude, Isaac Campbell. the thought just occurred to me what if qj slips to the second round and they give him the second round Oh my god! Not that that we definitely will not be doing a day three of the podcast in that case. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, good pick, and I think Witherspoon is a prime candidate for one of these like surprises. It happens every year. Some player that everybody thinks is going to go to the top ten takes a you know a little bit of a tumble, goes in the teens. Uh, the the biggest uh example in my mind with recent drafts is Derwin James. I thought Derwin James should have been a top five pick. He went to the charges number 18, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, 18 so that. yeah, every, every year it takes tumble and Witherspoon is a good candidate to take that tumble and Jax would be smart to trade up for that. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> So let's get to our final two picks here, Tad. We got the Green Bay Packers on the clock here at number 15 as of right now. But yeah, do you got the Packers staying at 15 or are they trading out? I think the Packers are going to say put at 15 because if you think about it, again, I, I treat it like the Jets pick at 13 is going to be them. So I see the Packers basically get Luke Van Ness. Sure. So they're like, okay, we got our edge rusher. Who do we need now? Well, I mean, look, I'm not a big believer in Jordan Love. I think that dude's going to suck. But – the backers need to do everything they can to make sure he doesn't. So this is why I think I have my second tight end off the board. How about this? Ooh. Two 
two tight ends in the top 16. Dalton Kincaid to the Packers at number 15. You just need to surround Jordan Love with all the support you can. Christian Watson, Dalton Kincaid. That's a pretty athletic offense all of a sudden. Oh, easily, easily. And 100%, I think this should be the pick. I think that's the biggest thing. And that's always the case with Green Bay, where it's like, they should be yeah, upgrading that's their so offense. They're, they're going to they're gonna take, like, fucking Osiris Torrance or something. Like, <laughs> Why? Because believe me, I wanted to mock Dalton Kincaid or Michael Bayer here because I have both available on my draft board that's still so for true. the Green Bay Packers. That's, that's but they're not going to do you. it. They so I was like, why am I should. putting this effort to do it? Because that's it's not going point. to happen, even with the change to Jordan Love. Like, it's still not going to happen. So as much as I love that pick, I still don't think it's going to happen. So I You're think so right. in this case, I have them picking at 15. So I'm picking the guy that you have them taking at 13 with the New York Jets spot. Mm, I have to take Lucas Van Ness here at number 15. Upgrade that defensive end spot. Upgrade the pass rush. I think he's just a really strong physical defender. He's going to be able to help in the run game, help in the pass game as well. So yeah, I think he still needs a little bit of development as well. So that's where you pick him here at 15. He's not going up any higher. I think we both. He's a great pick for this point in the first round. Perfect pick. He should not be a top 10 pick, but mid first rounder perfect like chef's kiss like he has enough promise there he has enough to develop but him is like if i'm picking the top 10 i want a guy that can immediately contribute i don't think ness is there quite yet but a mid first round pick he is the perfect mid first round pick yeah yeah add him to a rotation with rashawn gary quay walker Zadarius smith like i mean they're going to be sorry preston smith i think is still there Zedarius no is there no no they're both well no one is gone what is on no longer it. there? I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> I think it's Zadarius Smith is still a Green Bay. Preston Smith is gone. But I'm not 100% on that one. Fill for me. Fill for me. <laughs> I'm trying to, but just. All right. So Preston Smith add, is still there. Preston Smith is still there. Okay. My mistakes. Zadarius Smith is elsewhere. But just, yeah. You add to that oh, wow. He's a Viking. He pulled That's what it was. He's a Minnesota. Okay, yeah. So I think you add him to that rotation. He's going to be a contributor. He may not be a every single down sort of contributor yet, but he will develop into that. He got him into a good rotation there to build up that pass rush with Green Bay. So let's get to the final pick here, Tad, right, of our episode here. We'll that is number 16 it. with the Washington Commanders. Where do you think they go to close out the top half of the draft? All right. Well, with the 16th pick, the Washington Commanders select. Oh, wait. Oh, hold on. <laughs> at this again you're gonna make okay. the video freeze again with your stupid right. idiocy. <laughs> I, I was a little scared about doing this again but we're gonna try it okay all righty all right so we have a trade here with the 16th overall selection the chicago bears oh okay are okay. back in the first round amira i want to see if you can guess who they're going to take who is the big time player that has been falling down my draft board is he's it already Quentin been selected Nope. He's already been selected, already on been my selected board. in your in your uh in your my draft. He's off the board. Is it Miles Murphy? Nope. Then I'm out. This is a dream scenario for all Bears fans. I texted my friend Matt earlier tonight. I'm like, this happens. I'm, dude, you will be so happy. With the 16 overall selection of the Chicago Bears select. Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle out of That's Ohio State. Could you imagine? 
if the Bears get Jalen Carter and Paris Johnson in the same draft. Like, that is an unreal, and that's why I have Chicago trading up for, uh, you know, Paris Johnson here is because I think it's realistic because the the need, like I said, I think the need for offensive tackle with a lot of these teams is being overblown. So I think mm-hmm. Johnson is going to take a tumble. Not a big one. He's still going to go in the first round, but I think it's very realistic he takes a tumble. And if I'm the Bears, I'm seeing him, and I have all this draft capital that I got from trading out of number one, Holy shit, of course I'm using some of that to trade back up because yeah, I don't anticipate this being like, oh, no, we gave up Carolina's next year's first. No, they're not going to do that. It's going to be like, uh, you know, two twos and a third or something like that. And Washington will absolutely take that. So I think if Paris Johnson starts taking this tumble, Chicago should absolutely move up for him because then you get your starting tackle and starting defensive tackle. You get your tackles on both sides of the ball. You get a mauler on both sides of the ball for 100%. That's a great pick there for sure. And I can very much see Chicago doing something like that, especially with Paris Johnson tumbling that far into the and middle with of all the that first draft round. capital. Look out for exactly. them trading back in. I don't Leverage know if they'll be here, but I think I would not shock me if like a certain player starts tumbling. If they trade back in, would not shock me at all. Not bad. Not bad. So in my scenario, I have Washington staying put here at number 16. I think they upgrade that secondary. They go with Joey Porter yeah. Jr., the corner out of that, Penn That State. would have been my pick if they stayed as well. <laughs> I think their secondary has had some issues. They got some good pieces there with Cameron Curl, uh, Derek Forrest at the safety position. I think their corners have been a little bit struggling at times during the course of the season last year. So I think they make an upgrade. Get Joey Porter Jr. He's got the NFL lineage with Joey Porter, his father. He's going to be excited. He's going to be ready to participate from day one and be a key contributor just like his dad was during his time in the NFL. So I got Joey Porter Jr. going here to number 16. So, Tad, really quick, give us a recap of all your picks in today's episode for 1 to 16. All right. Panthers take Bryce Young. Texans take CJ Stroud. Cardinals take Will Anderson. Colts take Anthony Richardson. Seahawks take Tyree Wilson. Titans trade up to number six to take Will Levis to be Ryan Tannehill's successor. At number seven, the Raiders take Peter Skaronsky. Falcons take Christian Gonzalez number eight. The Chicago Bears with their first pick in my mock draft take Jalen Carter. Philadelphia Eagles at number 10 take Devin Witherspoon. The Detroit Lions at number 11 take Michael Mayer. Houston Texans at number 12 take Jackson Smith to Jigba. Thank God it's not Quentin Johnson. At number 13, the Jets, who will, you know, this guy is probably going to end up being a Packer, take Luke Van Ness. At number 14, the New England Patriots take Bijan Robinson. At number 15, the Packers take Dalton Kincaid. And at number 16, with the, my final trade-up, well, not my final trade-up, but with my second trade-up of the draft, is the Chicago Bears trade-up to take Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. I got one more trade in the books, baby. Get ready. <laughs> should be an interesting second episode so just recap for me bryce young number one to the carolina panthers cj stroud number two to the carol houston texans will anderson number three to arizona cardinals anthony Richardson number four to the indianapolis colts jalen carter number five to the seattle seahawks tyree wilson number six to the detroit lions christian gonzalez number seven to the las vegas raiders miles murphy number eight to the atlanta falcons uh peter skaronsky number nine to the chicago bears number 10 i got minnesota trading up with philadelphia to select will levis at the number 10 spot i got the tennessee Titans staying at number 11 to select paris johnson jackson smith the jigba going to the houston texas at number 12 darnell wright to tackle out of tennessee going to the new york jets at number 13 possibly will be going to green bay we'll figure that out a little bit later um, at number 14 i got another trade i got the jacksonville jaguars trading up 10 spots to the new england patriots to select devin witherspoon the quarterback out of illinois at number 14 lucas van ness will go to the packers at number 15 and to close out the top half of the draft at number 16 i got joey porter jr the defensive back out of Penn 
State going to the Washington Commanders. So, guys, we appreciate everybody who stuck around for this entire episode. We got the second half of our mock draft coming to you a little bit later this week. Um, but, yeah, like I said, if you were confused at all, we tried to do our best with some recaps and just going back and try to explain things as thorough as we could. In case you missed any of the picks or trying to heart, uh, we're having a hard time following along. We are going to be dropping a full graphic of our entire first round on our social media handles. It's coming right along at the perfect timing. You can find us on all our social media handles. You can find me on Twitter at umberside 23 Tad at TadDeside94. You can show, find the show handle at the Decide Guys and on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. So that's where we're going to be posting the graphics for our mock draft. For sure, we've been posting all of our position rankings on there as well. So make sure you're looking at all of those rankings as well. Um, make sure you subscribe to your podcast. Then you're aware of when the second half of our mock draft episode is going to be dropping. Subscribe wherever this is to your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And not, not just our YouTube channel, but subscribe to the LAFB Network YouTube channel. We have our own playlist there. Lots of good content, not just from us, but from LAFB Network as well. They got lots of great draft coverage for the Rams and the Chargers. And, of course, some spring training games, the um, – just lots of great coverage for both the Trojans and the Bruins that's happening on the college football level as well. So, guys, did you just, ev- did you just call it spring training? Spring games. That's what they're called, right? Spring games. It's not baseball, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm too much in baseball. Well, no. As much as I hate the A's right now, it's about terrible they are. I was laughing. I was I was half paying attention. I was like, wait, spring training. <laughs> yeah, spring games. Spring games. That's what I meant. Spring games. Yeah. That's my bad. Um, and yeah, guys, make sure we plucked this at the opening of the episode. But yeah, make sure you tune into our live stream that's going to be happening during days one and day two and a part of day three of the draft. So make sure you tune into all the social media handles we play, plugged already. And, of course, LAFB Network YouTube channels as well. And we'll make sure to confirm any other uh, social media handles that you can follow us as well with that live stream. Come interact with us. There's going to be a comment section. We'd love to hear your thoughts as far as how things are going. So we'd love to hear from you. From guys, to everybody who's been listening, watching, interacting with us, I mean, just anything and everything, guys, we can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough, and like Amir said, we are going to be doing the draft live, and if, let, let's say something like this does happen, where Paris Johnson takes a tumble, like I predict, if you want your questions answered live, we will be tracking chats on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. So Talk if you, to us during the draft. That, we will exactly. That's what we offer that other people don't. You want your questions answered? We will do it live. We check all those chats as it goes on. So that is where you can find out all the questions you want answered. We got you. So be sure to check in and oh good lord. Ten days? Nine days? Less than that, buddy. It's gonna be oh, happening this week. Shit. <laughs> You're thinking about last week. There's still this is a draft week right now. That's happening, man. Fuck. But anyway, <laughs> we will hopefully by then I will have all the information ready for you. I will. I'm kidding. But yes, as always, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I cannot wait to interact with y'all this week. Uh, and so thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, everybody, please stay safe.